So, you're curious about crypto, but you don't know where to start. Hmm. Introducing What The Crypto, a podcast by Africa's leading cryptocurrency platform, Luno. We simplify cryptocurrency, taking you from zero to crypto. Investing in cryptocurrency is not regulated in South Africa and may result in the loss of capital as the value can fluctuate. Views and opinions shared on this podcast are that of the guests and not of Luno. Any material or information on this podcast does not constitute as financial advice. Bitcoin at your fingertips. Download the Luno app or go to luno.com. What the Crypto, a brand new podcast by Luno, Africa's leading cryptocurrency platform. My name is DJ at large. (laughs) And thank you so much for pressing play on this brand new podcast. So I've been interested in cryptocurrency uh, for many years. But to this day, I've met very few people who can explain what cryptocurrency is in simple and plain English. Everybody makes it so complicated. You almost need a PhD in crypto to understand some of the language. So Luna created this fun podcast to simplify cryptocurrency, to remove the jargon, the complications, to take the ordinary person on a journey to understanding cryptocurrency. And our first guest on What the Crypto is Jeff Denning. He is the support engineering lead at Luno and he is based in Cape Town. So we are chatting remotely. We have matching beards, but his one looks so much better than mine. Jeff, welcome to What the Crypto, brother. How's it going, man? Good to be here, dude. How do you keep uh, that beard looking so good, man? Need some tips. Lots of combing. <laughs> and, and lockdown. Lockdown helps. And lockdown it, helps as well. Uh, I've got a random uh, crypto question for you before we get into this Crypto 101. If you were releasing a, a brand new crypto coin, what would you call it? I think for me, it's, it's got to be beer coin. Ah, right. I feel like there's some untapped markets there with beer coin. Yeah, it's, it sounds catchy. It sounds a little bit nice. And I think coins of these days are like quite catchy. So I, I, I like that name quite a lot. So, Jeff, you know, the first episode is Crypto 101 and an introduction to Luno. But before we define and strip down cryptocurrencies, you know, we should probably rewind back to the beginning. How did we get here? And Jeff, perhaps you can give us a brief history of money and how cryptocurrency came about. It almost feels like it just landed and like we don't know where it came from. But I think we need to get a little bit of some schooling from you. Sure. Yeah. Where where to start? I mean, I think to really understand the the uses of of crypto and and why it's good and awesome and everything is to actually take a look at kind of how, how money works very briefly and how that's been around and the mistakes and kind of stumbling blocks that we've gone through with uh, like in, in inverted commas the, the old financial system right how we like to think of it as at, at, at Luno and it's kind of there's been this money available and this, this monetary trade of value and storing and buying and selling and all these complicated things with money like your rands or South African rands or US dollars or euros all those kind of things but it gets a little bit more complicated underneath right and i'm definitely not the right person to explain those kind of complications but as a, as a very high overview there's a bunch of people you know kind of banks and uh, like corporate investors and everything else uh that do a lot more with money right and they invest things and, and loan things out and the people that they've loaned money to loan it out again and again and again and again the the, the big short is a really excellent movie which explains kind of how we've 
gotten to this point where we are, leading up to the financial crash in, in 2009, which also felt like it landed overnight. But that was actually happening for years and years and years before that, right? It, was, it goes back to that lending thing that I was talking about a little bit. So I lend you money, then you lend someone else money, and that cycle repeats and repeats and repeats. And the more people that default on that, the more things start collapsing at a very high level, right? And that happened on an enormous scale in, in 2009 and leading up to 2009, which devalued a lot of the world's biggest currencies. The housing market in the US completely tanked. And it just involved a lot of inflation. So your 10 Rand note was worth less yesterday or tomorrow than it was worth yesterday, right? It's, it's not a great system and it's not the first time it's happened and it probably isn't the last time that this financial crash has happened again because we seem to make the same mistakes over and over and over again and it's the same people making the same mistakes with the same banks and it happens it makes a mistake and then they get some big nice corporate bailout from a government or something like that right so i think the the internet has kind of enabled this decentralized way and it's kind of like for the people by the people we want to take control and we want to sort out our own money. And a way to do that was to launch cryptocurrency, to launch Bitcoin, which was the first one in 2009. Um, and I, I think that's kind of how it happened. And it rules out a lot of, like the mistakes that have been made before and will be made again are mostly impossible on, on Bitcoin. So it's kind of like money on the internet, by the internet, for people on the internet, with no real backing of the people that have made the mistakes with the current financial system or the old financial system today. And I, I'm assuming when you when you say decentralized, we're taking away the element of a bank or a government. So it's Tepo and Jeff or DJ at large and Jeff being able to transact. The, the 0.002 Bitcoin uh, that you paid me for lunch or something hypothetically is still going to remain that same value now in 10 years and 20 years and 100 years. And there's no one that can take it away. Uh, there's no one that can freeze your account, which is the same way that the banking systems do things. And the barriers to entry are essentially non-existent. Anybody can go and click a button and then have access to Bitcoin, which is definitely not the same that can be said about current banking, right? Regardless of what country you're in. It's really difficult to open a bank account in South Africa, in Europe, in America. Um, whereas with Bitcoin, anybody can do it right now. Um, and no one is going to stop you from, from doing that. Yeah. And of course, we're going to obviously be breaking down some of these things. And I think a great place to, to start, Jeff, is, you know, there seems to be a number of misconceptions around cryptocurrency in general. And this leads to scams. It leads to people making poor financial decisions. And we need to remove some of these misconceptions from the minds of our listeners by debunking them. Um, when you're engaging with people who are new to cryptocurrency, what are three of the most common misconceptions that you come across? Sure, there are a lot more than three, so I'm going to try. I'm going to try and narrow it down uh, to the to the kind of the top three that I've seen personally, and I think that I've seen working at, at Luno as well. First thing I think, and you touched on it earlier now, was kind of the the scamming perspective, right? And I think the the one big misconception about crypto or Bitcoin or whatever other cryptocurrencies out there is that it is this magical replacement that if you buy a small fraction of it, you can immediately become rich, uh, which is just that if it's too good to be true, it probably is saying. And a lot of the stuff that happens in like with the current money, like with your rands, 
still happens in Bitcoin. It's just a different platform for it, right? But because it's new and nobody really understands what it's about properly, they think that they can buy 20 Rand with crypto and then buy a Lamborghini kind of next week Friday with, with their winnings. And that just simply isn't the case. You can't make money out of anything, right? And that's exactly what Bitcoin is and it's exactly what crypto is. You can't make more Bitcoin just by kind of waiting around. Um, so that's probably the, 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 the biggest one. The second one is, I think, a little closely related is that there's a big misconception that crypto in general is only used by criminals, whether those are people on weird parts of the internet or in real life or drug dealers or terrorists or, you know, whatever the horrible bad people do in the world, they only use crypto, right? Because there's no government control, so they have to use crypto because no one is, no one is. Um, and that's just simply not the case. So it's probably the worst place for criminals and bad people to use cryptocurrency because it's open to everybody to see and can, in some cases, be relatively easily tracked. So it's definitely not the case that it's only used by, by criminals. A more positive one, moving away from all the death and destruction uh, of the bad people, uh, is probably that how, how much you can buy. Um, and I'm not sure how much of a misconception this is still today, but it's I feel like it's gotten better over the years as we've kind of helped educate people and helped educate our customers as well, um, as, as we know, and is that you can only buy one Bitcoin, which was okay back in the day because it was maybe 500 Rand or 1,000 Rand or 2,000 Rand, but it's almost a million Rand today, which is a pretty high barrier to entry for, I would think, a large majority of the population, right? You don't, not everybody has a million bucks lying around to buy a whole Bitcoin. So you don't need to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy fractions of, of a Bitcoin. So it's the same way that a Rand is split out into 100 cents. Is it 100 cents or 60 cents? I can never remember. <laughs> I think it's 100 cents. <laughs> 100 cents, yes. right? Yeah. I can't remember the last time I carried around those copper cent coins in my wallet either. But it's the same way as that, right? So instead of buying one Rand, you can buy half of a Rand or a quarter of a Rand, 20 cents, whatever. It's not that it can buy you very much, but you can do that with, with crypto. Up to, I believe it's the eighth decimal point, but I feel like it doesn't matter after two or three, right? So you can buy 0.000001 Bitcoin, which is next to nothing. We're talking fractions of a, of a Rand cent here. Um, the lowest denomination there, it's, it's called a, a, a Satoshi. Um, and that's how, how little you can buy. So really anybody in the world can, can get started. Um, Lino has, a, has a, as low as 10 Rand in South Africa. So if you want to try, try it, try and buy 10 Rand and try and sell it for a little bit more than 10 Rand. If not, keep, keep it. Um, but yeah, don't have to, don't have to fork over a million rand um, to, to get your, your first Bitcoin. Yeah, so three really good um, misconceptions that you've debunked. Um, and I think it's a great way to lead us into what exactly is cryptocurrency? This, this answer can go on for as long as possible uh, and, and be overcomplicated as, as possible. I think a lot of people do try and overcomplicate it or try and understand the, the nitty gritties of what cryptocurrency is. It is simply money. It is just a transfer of value from you to me or you to your family or my to my family. Anything you can do with money, you can do with cryptocurrency. It's just better. The, the crypto part of the currency is for cryptography, which no one needs to understand. And only I think a select few people do actually understand. You need to do kind of computer science things 
I, I don't understand it. But it's basically, if I write you a note like we did at school, um, and you have like a cheat sheet, so you can make A1, B2, C3, etc., etc. I can write you a note just with uh, the numbers, and it, you can decode that note with the numbers, but nobody else can read it because they don't have our cheat sheet. That's essentially w what crypto is. I think the, the, the only part where people get very confused is yes, it's money, but it's not money that I can actually hold in my hand physically. And I think sometimes we, we struggle to get over that. So it is digital in nature. Yes, exactly. The other thing here is that if you, unless you are holding your physical cash, you don't really have physical cash either. If your cash is in the bank, it's probably not, not your cash either, right? But you can withdraw it and then you can hold it. And for whatever bizarre reason, human beings want to hold those crisp 200 rand cheetah notes to, to think that you've got money in your hands, right? And I guess that's nice, but the entire world is digital now and the internet is here and it's here to stay. So you may as well have your money on the internet as well, which is what cryptocurrency enables. So I can have a wallet with my 200 rand uh, worth of Bitcoin in it. I still own that 200 rand. It just isn't physically there, just like the internet, I guess, in a sense, isn't, isn't physically there. Yeah, and, and when it comes to, to cryptocurrency, we hear phrases like blockchain. We, where does that fit into everything? I think that's where even more confusion comes into it. Yeah, there's a lot of ridiculous words uh, in, in crypto, and we can probably write a 500-page dictionary uh, or encyclopedia on what these words mean. And again, it can be as, as simple or as complicated as what you want it to be. A blockchain is essentially just a, a ledger. It's a credit and a debit ledger. So if you think about it in a, in a very oversimplified way, if you and I go for lunch every Friday uh, after work, we can keep a ledger because I paid for the first lunch, then you can pay for the second lunch, but there'll be differences there, right? So maybe the first lunch is 80 Rand and the second lunch is 95 Rand. And we'll write a credit and a debit thing of who owes who what. And at the end of the month, we'll tally out and we'll see how we've broken even. Probably not because we both enjoy eating different things on the Friday. Um, so after four lunches at the, end of the, at the end of the month, we'll look at who owes what. Maybe I owe you six rand or you owe me 10 bucks or whatever the case is, right? It's that form, who owes what and who's transacted what, but on the internet. Yeah, so, so in simple terms, it's almost like a bank statement, essentially, to see where money has been going and coming from. So if I'm sending you or I'm receiving, it's almost like a statement to, to say what's been going on with my Bitcoin. Where is it going? Exactly, exactly. It, it, yeah, it's just, it's just a list of transactions of who owes who, what, and how much that is. So then what is the primary use for cryptocurrency? Um, you, earlier on, you, you did mention that it's a store of value. Is it to buy goods and services? Is it to invest? Is it to send money to friends and family? I, I mean, what is it essentially? What is it used for? And I think we're in a very strange phase in cryptocurrency at the moment where I think the majority of the people are using cryptocurrency just to, to buy and sell, to, to speculatively trade. They want to take their 10 Rand worth of cryptocurrency and turn it into 20 Rand or 2,000 Rand or 5,000 Rand. So it's just a, a, a thing to, to trade at the moment, purely for, for speculative greed. That is probably the primary use case of cryptocurrency at the moment. I don't think it was invented to, to be that. It was supposed to be a replacement financial system for the world as the like ultimate pipe dream, right? Which I still like to think will happen at some point. But I think that like digging down to what it was intended for, it's just digital cash. 
for Bitcoin specifically, that was what it was invented for. So I can buy things, I can send you money, you can send me money, and we can transact like that whenever we want for very little to no fees. But it has essentially become a speculative trade of, of value to try and make as much money as absolutely possible for the moment. But I think that that will change at some point as it becomes easier to use um, and as more and more companies get into the space and start creating things that it is easier to use and can be accepted kind of anywhere in your grocery stores and stuff like that. You know, Jeff, why should the ordinary South African get excited and interested in crypto? We've seen like this crazy happiness and excitement and buzz. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, why should we be getting excited about it? I think it's just nice having having an option there, right? Forever and ever and ever, we've only had rands, dollars, cents to transact with and kind of use as, as money. And I think that's proven itself over and over again that doesn't necessarily work very well. And Bitcoin and cryptocurrency are here to, to change that. And it's the new way to transact and probably will be the de facto way to transact. And it, it's just it's just a new thing. Just, just jump on it and, and get excited about it and, and see what it's about. It's far less friction than opening a, a, a bank account. It's far safer. The pros far outweigh in any of the cons for it. And if you're a huge nerd like me, I think you're just immediately attracted to it because it is hugely exciting with lots of reading and making you feel very stupid as you go along. But it's a fun learning experience. Um, and it's just incredible to see how this money has been created on, on the internet essentially out of out of nothing you know the more i've learned about cryptocurrency over the years it's this idea that you're putting the power of money in the hands of the individual so there's no need for a bank for other individuals if i want to transact with jeff and jeff is on the other side of the world they shouldn't be any delays they shouldn't be additional costs they shouldn't be all this complication and and so forth if i just want to transact with you i want to send you money or i want to buy something abroad it should be very simple and easy to do because we are living in this digital age where we're doing everything on our phones but it's sometimes so difficult to convince people and to get people to understand that everything is now digital yes we're used to the old paper money but now we're moving into a space where you have this store of value it's just on your phone and i and i think you've given us a good basis in terms of understanding cryptocurrency a little bit better and giving us the fundamental basis because when you ask people what is cryptocurrency you get this phd long <laughs> monologue <laughs> on what it is when essentially it's just money the difference is that it's digital and it's decentralized which means that there is no other institution involved it's me and you and i think you've 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 made me understand that quite a lot out of interest jeff what, what got you interested in, in cryptocurrency and and ended up getting you uh, at luno as i said i've always been a huge nerd still am a, a huge nerd and i love tinkering with everything computer and technology and kind of internet related and just being on on the internet and looking around at things i came across this thing called Bitcoin, it was kind of like mid 2011, I think, so quite a while ago. And I was like, okay, well, let's see what it's about. I didn't know anything about it. I wasn't particularly enthusiastic about money either. I was just like, it's just a thing. But then I saw that ways to get Bitcoin was that you could either buy it, which back then the exchanges were few and far between. I think there might have been a handful. Or you can mine it, right? And that just involves switching on a computer and having your computer do some tasks to get Bitcoin. And then I was like, but hang on, 
if I if I put my computer to work to solve these things, do I get free money basically in return? And I was very confused as to how that worked. So that's a digging. And the more I dug, the more I was like, this is quite cool. And then the more I dug into, I think what were the economics behind it. I'm not an economics person or a financial person. So I was pretty excited about learning about those things and then how broken the current financial system was. And the more I read about it, the more I got just like trapped down the super, super deep rabbit hole and kept reading and kept trying to understand how it worked and the like technicalities behind it to the point where I was like, well, I, I think this is what I want to do. I, I, like I need to be in this thing at the forefront all the time. And then Luna came about and I was like, well, it's in my backyard. I'm going to have to apply. And then, yes, I started at Luno uh, in, in 2016, I think. It was yeah, five years ago or so. And it's just been a wild journey ever since. Wow, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, so that brings us to the end of Crypto 101 with Jeff. <laughs> Investing in cryptocurrency is not regulated in South Africa and may result in the loss of capital as the value can fluctuate. Views and opinions shared on this podcast are that of the guests and not of Luno. Any material or information on this podcast does not constitute as financial advice. From zero to crypto with Luno, your guide to understanding cryptocurrency. Big ups to you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.